Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hey, 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 greetings, sports fans. And welcome to a Scott's Thoughts edition of the Sports Bros Podcast. My name is Scott, a.k.a. Scotty D, a.k.a. The Money Man. And I hope you had a safe and wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. If you're like me on Thanksgiving Day, you stuffed your face and sat around, got fat, and watched the longest annual football game of the year, that's right, the 12:30 Detroit Lions game that happens every year on Thanksgiving Day. It seems to always last about six or seven hours. And then for dessert, you get the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, we get to see this year Mike McCarthy continue to embarrass Jared Jones for his decision to hire him as the head coach with a with absolutely an incredibly poor display of coaching as they went down in flames to the Washington football team, who suddenly find themselves to be uh, at the top of the NFC East, a chance to be your NFC champ, NFC East champions of the year, uh, in the worst division maybe ever in in NFL. But that was Thanksgiving Day. Uh, that was uh, the, the the nightcap. Obviously canceled the Steelers and Ravens. COVID is wreaking havoc with the National Football League, continues to do so. I uh, had a very strange occurrence with the Denver Broncos situation. Uh, that That's probably going to steal the fate of Vic Fangio out there because he had not one, not two, but three quarterbacks that were not following the proper protocol, leading him to have no quarterbacks available on game day. Uh, so shout out to Kendall Hinton, who the young man elevated from the practice squad to complete one of nine passes for 13 yards, even though he's not a quarterback. Strange situation. Uh, actually, he was <laughs> he was taking on the Saints, who have a very stout defense, and their quarterback, Taysom Hill, who practices that position, actually was barely better. Anyway, the Saints uh, put those guys away easily with a 31-3 victory. The Saints running their record to 9-2. and the big game of the weekend, however, seemed to be the Kansas City Chiefs against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I always say what I learned over the weekend when I watch an NFL game or spend a weekend watching NFL football. And this is not so much what I learned, but solidified what I already knew. And that is Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the league this year, we are watching uh, a young man who is just growing into the role of the the face of the NFL. Uh, he seems comfortable with it. He went off on Sunday to the tune of 37 of 49 for 462 yards and three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill was his man that uh, on Sunday. He had 13 grabs. He had 269 yards and three touchdowns. And they, uh, they, they they held on to defeat the Buccaneers 27-24. They, they jumped out on them early. They were up 17-0. Uh, so we had a, 
we had basically the the greatest quarterback of all time taking on the greatest quarterback of today. And uh, no no question, Patrick Mahomes is right now kind of in a league of his own. He's he's just that good. Um, the 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 Tampa Bay situation seems to be kind of uh coming to a head almost. I uh, I might be getting ahead of myself here, but it just seems to be there's more discouragement with with Tampa Bay. I mean, they're seven and five. It's not like they're they're sitting in a poor position. But it just seems like that Tom Brady and uh, Coach Bruce Arians are not on the same page. Arians takes some small digs at him at some of these press conferences, and, and I don't like that. I mean, it's it seems like Arians has a bit of arrogance about him that, you know, when whenever you're passing the blame on the fact that you have this quarterback who's, who's universally recognized as the greatest of all time, if not among the greatest of all time, that's... An argument for another day. Actually, it's once already been made, but that's neither here nor there. But you bring Brady in, and you're not playing to his strength. I, I, I saw somewhere on TV today that Tom Brady has already attempted more deep balls this season than he did his entire 2007 season with Randy Moss. And it just seemed like those guys were airing it out and, and playing pitch and catch all season long. But Tom Brady, you know, his strength with, with the Patriots was always finding the mismatches, the, the tight ends on linebackers, those slot receivers that he used so well, and, you know, hitting running backs out of the backfield. And it doesn't seem like they are on the same page at this point. However, as I, as I was saying, that, you know, the, the Tampa Bay has as good a chance as anyone right now still in the NFC. The Saints stand at, at the top of their division – Highly unlikely that they catch the Saints to win that to win that division, but you know we have to see what the Saints are going to look like once Drew Brees comes back. You know I, I expect I expect Brees to kind of pick up where he left off. We'll see. This this injury may end up helping Brees to kind of sit out, get healed up, and go into the postseason feeling strong and rested. You know having having his arm strength, you know, basically not being tested the last several weeks. He 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 should be feeling pretty good. Uh, you, you look at the NFC East, and it's a joke. So they're out. I mean, no matter who wins that football team, you, you know, the Giants took a big hit with Daniel Jones' injury on on Sunday. The Cowboys once again look terrible after looking pretty good a week a week ago, and Philly just seems to be uh, uh, circling the drain. Uh, so you know, the, the Buccaneers are looking okay as far as you know. They're they're most likely not going to win that division. Um, if if you look at the, the Packers, who seem to be another one of the favorites, they've already defeated the Packers, beat them soundly. I still like the Packers uh, a lot. And then you have the NFC West. It looked like the Rams had a chance to kind of put some distance between them and the rest of the pack this week, and they lost for the second time this year to the 49ers, who were the, the cellar dwellers of that division. And uh, the Cardinals also took a step back. Um, they lost to the to the New England Patriots on Sunday. That drops them to 6-5. and five. So Rams and Seahawks seem to be the, the ones that are establishing control of that division. And again, on any given day, any of those teams, if if Arians and the Buccaneers, Brady, they can get the Buccaneers back on track here. You know, I, they lost to the best team in the AFC. All apologies to the Steelers, but the the, the defending champions on, on Sunday. So no real shame in that. You know, they, they rallied, came back, and came up a little bit short. But 
no question Patrick Mahomes is starting to enter into like the the Michael Jordan phase of his career. He's looking to become just like the best quarterback we've ever seen, and he has the potential to do that. In the in the AFC, I'm just wondering if we're if we're going to get that Steelers Ravens game in before Valentine's Day. It seems like that 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 game it just won't go away. It was supposed to be played Thursday night. It was going to be the the night game for the country to watch on Thanksgiving. Then the COVID sprung up on the Ravens, and it moved them back to Sunday. No, wait, Monday. No, we're going to go back to Wednesday. So as of right now, I don't know when they're going to play this game, but I'm going to assume the Steelers are going to win that game, go to 11-0. So they are in control of their own destiny in the AFC. You know, only one game ahead of... Kansas City for the number one seed overall. The Raiders seem to have taken a step back in Atlanta. That's two in a row the Raiders have now dropped. Uh, the, the Titans, they they rolled over the Colts 45-26 to on Sunday. So they're looking strong still. The Bills and Chargers had kind of an awkward, sloppy game. But, you know, the turnovers abound in that game. The Bills still get the win. And the Browns just keep winning. You know, I feel like the Browns... Are having another tough season. I <laughs> look, and they're they're eight and three. They just keep they just keep winning. Uh, you, you know, th- this past weekend it was it was the Nick Chubb show. He he rushed for 144 yards and a touchdown. Baker had a good day, 19 of 29 for 258 yards, two touchdowns. You just would expect a, a team that's eight and three to not beat the Jaguars 27-25. You you know you kind of expecting a little bit more, but. Uh, that's that seems to be what uh, how how the NFL shaped out this past weekend. Um, it, it, we have some strange scheduling going forward because COVID is just kind of rearranging all the all the schedule. I mean, it's just it's just a mess right now. So hopefully the NFL can get this thing all figured out and get all these teams back on track and get everyone out to the game safe, COVID free. That, my friends, was the weekend in the NFL. All right, let me turn my attention here to college football for just a a brief moment. I'm not going to go too deep on this because there was not a whole lot to talk about as far as upsets or anything this weekend. Um, You had Alabama with Nick Saban not being able actually to be at the game because of COVID. Uh, and, and Bama had no trouble in the Iron Bowl, disposing of Auburn. Uh, Clemson had the, they finally got back on the field after a couple weeks, and Trevor Lawrence returned. They they destroyed Pitt. wasn't even wasn't even fun to watch. Uh, Notre Dame actually had their hands full for a while there with North Carolina. They uh, ended up emerging to win that game, 31-17. Um, Florida rolled over Kentucky, 34-10. But the the one thing that that bothered me over, over this weekend was number twelve Indiana. They they defeat Maryland twenty seven to eleven, but they lose their quarterback Michael Penix with a torn ACL. And boy, I, I hated it a, a week ago when Joe Burrow of the the Cincinnati Bengals tore his ACL and suffered that really terrible knee injury taking him out for the season. And now we have this young quarterback for Indiana, a program who's having their probably their best year in uh, in memory. I mean, Indiana has been known as a basketball school and 
you know, the, the, the football program has just never done much. And they, they, they lost to Ohio State a few weeks ago, but I, I think they gained a lot of respect in doing so because they, they put up such a good fight. They're having a good season. They got this coach all fired up. They have this, this dynamic quarterback, and he tears his knee up, and he's out for the year. And I just hate it for that young man. You, you know, I just uh, – it, it breaks your heart to see these, these guys having what probably is considered in Indiana ranks as like their dream season. And this poor guy, he he tears his knee up, and he's and he's done for the year. Man, do I hate that. You know, so all, all the best to that young kid. Um, again – COVID is raging, and, and it, it took out a couple games for this past weekend. Wisconsin-Minnesota was canceled. Ohio State-Illinois got canceled. Uh, I mean, this is it's so difficult to, to navigate through this college football season with, with teams playing, you know, a different amount of games at this point in the season. It's a mess. I, I do think that the top four, even five, if you count Texas A&M at the number five spot, I think the teams are in the right order, and hopefully we're able to get these kids safely to the finish line and get us a little playoff here and championship game to round out this season. But, man, what what a mess we have with this whole COVID situation. So, guys, wear your masks, social distance, wash your hands. You should have been doing that all along anyway. But let, let's really try to be careful here and uh, and try to get through this pandemic because this, this, this has been a tough go here lately in both the pro and college ranks of football here during our football season in 2020. Now, one crazy thing that went down over the weekend was the return to the ring of Mike Tyson. Are you kidding me? Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., that actually did happen. It went down. And I have to admit, I was watching UFC on Saturday night and had to turn it over just because I wanted to see what was going to go on, what how this was going to look. And I was expecting these two guys to go in there and just look old and and haggard and lay on each other. And there was some of that for the most part. But I, I have to tell you, Roy Jones Jr. to me looked worse for the wear. I mean, he looked absolutely gassed at the end of the, the first and second rounds. Whereas Iron Mike actually seemed like he was, uh, you know, in pretty good condition. It was... I was pleasantly surprised. Now, neither of these guys really swung for the fences. They did a little bit of sparring and a lot of body shots, and they had a couple former champions scoring it. It wasn't an official decision, but they ruled it a draw, and okay, that's fine. It was for charity or whatever, but I, I tell you, it, it actually was kind of cool to see the the old legends in the ring again. You know, especially Mike Tyson, because at one point, the stigma surrounding Mike was second to none. He was like no other. He was just larger than life and kind of his own worst enemy. He got himself into some trouble and some domestic violence things. And we know the history of Mike Tyson, but to see him actually come back to the ring, I thought it it, it felt, it actually kind of felt good to see Mike Tyson get in the ring. And afterwards, they, Jim Gray interviewed him and Roy Jones, and they were both good sports and in good spirit. I, I, I kind of thought it was a uh, Kind of a feel-good thing. Now, Tyson said he wants to do more of this. I don't know that it's going to have the same impact to see him do more sparring sessions with, with other fighters. I admire him for doing it because he said he wants to do this stuff for charity. Jim Gray flat out asked him, are you interested in competitively fighting? And he said, no, this is this is better for me right now. I want to 
This is bigger. I want to do this stuff for charity. Good on you, Mike Tyson. I just don't know that you're going to have many people are going to want to see this this type of performance again. I mean, it was cool. It was nostalgia. And no doubt about it, it was actually very entertaining. Listen to Snoop Dogg, of all people, do the do the color commentary. I mean, it was it was actually kind of funny. It, it was enjoyable. But uh, I think the only way I'd be interested in seeing Tyson do this again, and maybe the public would agree with me, is if he got into there and did a sparring session with Buster Douglas, because we've never seen them back in the ring after he got knocked out all those years ago in Japan. So that's where I stand on that. It was... It, it was it was very it was it was very entertaining, um, not super competitive, not you know not great, but it was nice. It was good. Uh, I think the next time I'll stick with UFC, which that event also had its main event wiped out by COVID, as as Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, was supposed to be taking on Curtis Blades in a heavyweight contender fight, and we lost that one to COVID as well. So, anyway, that's where we are this past weekend with the entertainment side of professional sports. That We had Iron Mike Tyson return to the ring. Unbelievable. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. All right. Now we are going to revisit one of our favorite Parts of the show, the choices of the voices. And before Thanksgiving arrived, I asked the question, kind of being on topic for that particular holiday, of which of these three Turkey Day football memories are you most fond of? The Leon let snow gaff against the Dolphins in 1993, where he booted it in the snow game in Dallas. The Jerome Bettis coin toss fiasco, which happened versus the Lions, where him and the referee disagreed on whether he called heads or tails. Ultimately, the Lions got the ball and won the game. The Steelers never getting the ball. Or the infamous butt fumble suffered by the Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, against the Patriots on a Thanksgiving night in 2012. And here were some of the responses we got. Um... Pete Talansky, terrible Pete Talansky, the Jewish canon. He says, I'd have to say the Leon Lett is the most memorable for me, being that it wasn't his first time he made a similar blunder, referencing the Super Bowl against the Bills the year before. He says, I remember watching and screaming at the TV, how could you make this mistake again, dummy? Okay, Pete. Thank you for calling Leon Lett a dummy. Um... David Lusk says, while I remember the Tales Never Fails scandal in Detroit, that was not a fond memory because we lost, we being the Steelers. He's a Steeler fan. Watching Let Help the Finns win was definitely a better memory. Thank you, David Lusk, for that memory. Uh, Will Barry says, Leon Let by far the best blunder. You think he would have learned from the Super Bowl not to celebrate his touchdowns before he scored them. Uh, I think that he that he definitely did that in the Super Bowl, but in the, the snow blunder, he was just, I just don't think he knew the rules because the Cowboys had blocked that kick. All he had to do was stay away from it, and they were going to win the game. Instead, he tries to recover a ball that need not be recovered, and he booted it. Miami recovers, kicks a field goal, and wins. However, if you're a Cowboy fan, the blessing in disguise was 
that was the last loss of the season because they would go on to run the table, finish the season with the Emmett Smith injury game, and go on to win their second Super Bowl in as many years. Okay, that was just a little side history there. Trey Duke, Trey Dizzle, Cowboy fan. He says the butt fumble. He liked the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. Craig Burns agrees. Even put a picture up on our Facebook page of Sanchez getting butt-faced by the center. Mark Olds, he replied to our question by saying, even I said, oh no, Leon, don't do it. (laughs) Brian Lovell says, the coin toss, of course, although I swear I remember calling you, meaning me, Scotty D, after Leon didn't let it be. What a gaffe that was. Yeah, I'm sure that night my phone was ringing off the hook. And then Dave Romito says, the bus, because it was us, bro, another Steeler fan. I still don't know what happened. Um, I, I told you the joy I got, uh, not necessarily on Thanksgiving Day from that, but as a Cowboy fan, uh, how that worked out for us. But on that particular day, if I have to say on that day, it was not a great memory. So I am going to go personally with the Jerome Bettis coin toss because as a person who never, ever, ever roots for the Steelers, that led to them losing a football game. So that, to me, is a good memory. Uh, the butt fumble was something that, uh, you know, you just see over and over and over again, and Mark Sanchez will never live that down. But it seems to me that the sports bros audience, uh, they're more or less going with the Leon Lett memory. And I get it. That was a crazy thing to happen. That was a crazy thing that he did. But nonetheless, hey, guys, thank you all for your participation, for taking the time to answer our question. Uh, some of you answered it incorrectly, and we had to straighten you out. You were choosing just uh, other answers, which were not bad answers, by the way. I'm just saying they weren't part of the, the choice of three that we had given. And also, I wanted to add this as a Thanksgiving Day memory, and this was not one of the choice of three. But in 1985, prior to the longest annual game of the year, the Detroit Lions game, Ahmad Rashad proposed on the air to Felicia Ayers Allen, who was Claire Huxtable, on the hottest TV show at the time. She was the the leading lady, the Cosby show, and he went on TV and proposed. And uh, I can remember watching that at my grandmother's house and later in the day her answering yes, and Ahmad was all sweating it out and nervous. And that was a kind of a cool thing. I think they end up staying married like 16 years or something, but... Anyway, that was a Thanksgiving memory that was not necessarily football-related, but just a little a little dessert there, a little whipped cream on your pumpkin pie, if you will, here for the choices of the voices. Hey, gang, next week when uh, we get our, our team back together here, I will give you a brand-new question for choices of the voices. But for now, that's going to wrap up that segment. And again, thank you all for uh, supporting us. Um, you know, the holidays are kind of a crazy time, so... Uh, we weren't able to get the whole gang here together this week. So I hope you enjoyed just listening to the Scott's Thoughts edition of this short podcast. And just remember, God loves you, and so do I. Thanks for listening to the Sports Bros Podcast. Yes, sir. <laughs>